Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I am Shelby, your host, and today I'm sharing my story on the podcast. As most of you know, I am the owner of Pink Lady Lash. I started Pink Lady in 2014, and I now have two salons in Austin, Texas. And so today I'm just going to talk about my journey through the entire process. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and here we go. Okay, so I had a hard time actually sitting down and making this episode because telling your own story is a lot different than diving into someone else's. And honestly, I had a hard time figuring out uh, chronologically how everything happened. So I think I'm going to start all the way from my childhood. And I know that if you're a listener of the show, you have heard me ask questions about people's childhoods, because I think that there's so many parallels between who you were as a child and who you become as an adult. So I just kind of find why people are the way that they are and the psychology behind that really interesting. So let's dive into young Shelby. Uh, So as a child, I wouldn't call myself bossy, but I would say that I did have some leadership skills and qualities. And I also was, I would say that I was an initiator. I was able to get people together and moving towards a common goal, whether that was in the form of creating clubs within my group of friends or the neighborhood kids, and essentially we'd get together and I'd say, hey guys, this week we're going to collect this and we're going to sell it. Or this week we're going to make these things and <laughs> we're going to sell those too. Um, lemonade stands, talent shows, uh, you name it. There was always some idea or scheme or uh, just something to work towards. And I was super passionate about whatever it was that I had decided on that week or or month or whatever it was. But this was all whenever I was in elementary school. And um, yeah, so another thing about me as a child is that I was really creative. And my dad was actually an artist. He was a medical illustrator and his dad was actually an artist too. And so my parents kind of um, helped foster my creativity by getting me into art. And I loved going to museums. I loved drawing and painting and playing with clay and sewing. My my grandma taught me how to sew and cross-stitching. And I just loved using my hands and creating. And so now that I'm a lash artist, I can appreciate the art behind um, lashing. And I'm sure so many other lash artists are the same way because I feel like lash artists more often than not, share similar qualities uh, within our personalities, but also creativity-wise. So I just find that really awesome. So another thing that happened um, probably when I was in elementary school was I discovered makeup. And I used to play around in my mom's makeup a little bit, but I also would get, you know, that kid-style makeup um, for birthday presents or for Christmas or something. And I would um, store it all away in a little blue sparkly backpack. And anytime my friends would come over, we would dump the backpack out and put it all on the ground and line it all up and say, okay, well, let's do makeovers. And we would make games out of it. (laughs) And um, I remember this one game, we would like lay everything out and we would section stuff, uh, like all of the lip stuff in this pile, all of the eyeshadows in this pile. And then you'd have to close your eyes and kind of swirl it all around and pick one lipstick. And that's the one you had to go with. And then Same thing with eyeshadows. And I don't know, we were always just creating and doing fun looks and everything. So I just remember my childhood being a lot of 
hands-on, really creative. And um, so moving on to middle school, I was in cheerleading. I did competitive and school cheer, and we did a lot of stage makeup for that too. And so I, once again, I still got to create and everything. And going into high school, um, I still did cheer, still was um, playing around with makeup a little bit more at that age. And then I also found a love for skincare and hair care. Um, I loved reading labels on shampoo bottles, on lotions and everything. And I would take a shampoo bottle and a conditioner and I would look at the ingredients and compare them. And I'd say, okay, well, this bottle has X, Y, and Z in it, but this one doesn't. So maybe this certain ingredient is for lathering or this certain ingredient is for moisturizing. And I started to Google what each individual ingredient did. And through that, I I, I just became very knowledgeable in ingredients, I guess you can say. And I thought that it was really interesting that sometimes I would look something up and I'd realize, oh, this is not good for you. Oh my gosh, this isn't good for you either. And I would be so confused because the bottle is so pretty and it's packaged so nicely and it's marketed so well. And essentially we would be fooled because as consumers, we trust these brands. But at the end of the day, a lot of that stuff is filling those products and not really beneficial. And some of those things are actually harmful to us. So Um, as time went on, I realized the majority of the products that I used myself were actually not beneficial or toxic. And I decided, okay, well, one day I'm going to be a chemist or something, and I'm going to create my own skincare line so that I can, I can make sure that I'm using products that are actually good for me and I can help other people do the same. So that was my dream for a little while in high school. And um, at the same time, I felt like there were so many people that didn't know certain things about their skincare, their makeup, or their hair care. And so YouTube had just came about. And at that time, I think that YouTube was used more so to put videos on so that you can put it on your Facebook or your MySpace. I don't think that creators on YouTube were such a thing yet, but uh, at least it was very small. So I do remember watching like some makeup videos on YouTube at that age, but so around 15 or 16, this was probably like 2007 or eight, I started to make YouTube videos and I loved it. I loved sharing the information that I had researched and I also enjoyed editing the videos. Um, And it was also a place for me to just be myself and not be judged. And um, well, seemingly, I I felt like I could be myself and um, I really enjoyed doing that. But one day I was approached by a classmate and they said, hey, I found your videos on YouTube. But the way that they said it was not positive. It was more like I was being mocked or that they were laughing at me. And throughout that whole week, there was more students that said the same thing. And for whatever reason, I felt so ashamed and so embarrassed by it that I actually started deleting some of my videos. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And I really wish that I didn't do that. And I really wish that I didn't let anyone break my spirit or discourage me from doing something that I actually loved. And I think now looking back on those videos would have been really fun. But 
nevertheless, I did delete a lot of those videos, but I didn't stop creating. I think I just was more conscious that, hey, people you know are watching these videos. So just be careful to not to make a fool of yourself. And high school could not end soon enough. I was so ready to get out. And when I got out, I actually took a class in airbrush makeup. And I did that so that I could work as a makeup artist through college. I had been accepted into uh, the University of Texas. So at the same time that I had just began um, my first semester at UT, I also began my career as a makeup artist. And I continued to do makeup all through college, which ended up taking a total of five years, I believe. And I will explain why a little bit later. But um, so my first semester of college, I believe that I was doing a lot of science classes and that didn't work out super well. I didn't really anticipate how difficult college was going to be, especially at UT, um, compared to just high school. In high school, I almost never had to study. I had all A's all the time, and it was just, it came easy to me. But in college, I didn't realize you really did have to study. And so that really bit me in the behind very quickly. So I changed my major almost immediately, and I decided that I wanted to take a lot of sociology and psychology classes. This was maybe a year into college. I had already been doing bridal makeup for a year, and I realized, okay, this industry is definitely where I want to be, so why don't I just take classes that I enjoy taking at UT and then see where I fall um, when it's time to pick a major again. So I ended up picking sociology as my major, and I did that because I found those classes the most interesting to me. And if I wasn't going to use my degree directly um, for my career, which I highly just anticipated it being in the beauty field, then I may as well do something that is at least beneficial for my mind. Um, I believe that everyone should take sociology and psychology classes. It's very helpful when um, you're dealing with people, and I... I don't regret my decision whatsoever. So I majored in sociology and minored in business. And all through college, I was doing makeup. And I, every day, I just was more assured that this was the industry that I wanted to be in. I also was still creating videos on YouTube. Um, but almost as fast as I would put up a video, I would take an old one down just because I was kind of ashamed of the content that I used to put out because I didn't feel that it was that great. So I would put new videos out and then delete some. And um, I still really enjoyed making the videos. I loved doing bridal makeup and I knew that I was going to one day own a lash salon. I don't know how I thought that or why, but I used to, I have this pink sparkly notebook. It's actually sitting right next to me because I was just looking through it. <laughs> um, but I used to write in this notebook during some of my more boring classes, the ones that didn't have to do with sociology or business. Um, so in some of my core classes, I would just write in this notebook all of my ideas about marketing for my business, about how I would lay it out, about what services we would offer and how much they would be and what areas we would be in. And I had all of these amazing ideas that I wouldn't even put into practice for years. I knew that I wanted to finish college, but I just couldn't stop daydreaming about this salon that I was going to have one day. So the decision that I made to not pay attention in class actually ended up hurting me a little bit. Um, and I was able to walk the stage with the rest of my class, but I could not get my diploma because my GPA <laughs> was so low that I wasn't able to graduate. So 
I had to take a couple more years of online classes after walking the stage in order to get my diploma, which I did get. So that's awesome. But I almost don't really regret that either, just because I'm glad with the way things worked out. I ended up getting the diploma anyways, and I'm fine. So um, in the meantime, though, whenever I was taking those online classes after walking the stage, I continued to do makeup for weddings, but I also enrolled myself into beauty school. And for beauty school, I had the decision to either do the lash specialty license, because here in Texas, they offer a 320-hour program. And with that, you can only do eyelash extensions. And I chose between that and um, the esthetician license, which was 750 hours. And I ended up choosing the esthetician license. And even though I knew my salon was just going to do lashes, I was aware that I did want to offer lash lifts and lash tinting and even some facial waxing. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to be offering these things at the salon, I need to know how to do them. Um, And so I went ahead and did the longer program. I did the esthetician program. And it really was so fun because, as you know, as I've already said, I really liked skincare and ingredients. And the place that I went was very hands-on and taught us a lot about ingredients in the skincare. And I fell in love with it. And I knew that I wasn't really going to do facials ever in my career, but I loved learning that stuff just for my own knowledge. And I got to do a lot of hands-on with lashing as well. And so my school experience was very positive. I went to Ann Webb Skin Institute here in Austin. And so I was taking online classes to bring my GPA up and um, also going to beauty school and also doing wedding makeup. And also I was a bartender. So I had a pretty full schedule and I actually operate really well this way. Um, I still operate this way where I kind of like load my plate up to the most it can hold. And that's just where I live. I, I love to always be on the go. I love to live like a fast paced life and have something to do all the time, something to work for. So that's what I was doing. And, um, Um, I believe that at this time I started to actually delete all of my videos on YouTube. I stopped creating altogether and I think there's only one video left up there and it is, um, it's pretty funny. It's waxing your eyebrows at home. And if you want to learn how to do your eyebrows at home, I would not watch that video, but if you do want to laugh, uh, you should go check it out. Um, anyway, so At this time in my life, I am just super motivated and even more sure of where I want to be in the future. And everything was becoming closer and closer and closer. So I ended up getting my esthetician license around the same time that I got my diploma. So everything had really, really come together all around the same time. I had also just ended a relationship as well. And I was ready for my life to begin. Everything that I had been dreaming about and working towards all this time was finally about to happen. My dad um, was newly retired and he moved from San Francisco to Dallas, which is a couple of hours outside of Austin. So I decided I would move to Dallas for a summer and live with my dad to spend some time with him that I was, I think, trying to just make up um, because I hadn't, he hadn't lived in Texas for about five years from whenever I was like a senior in high school to then. 
So around this time, I am 23 years old. This was 2014. And I moved in with my dad in Dallas. And um, right before I moved, actually, I ended up meeting someone back in Austin, like right before I moved. Um, The relationship started to get more serious and it was semi long distance. I would come home on the weekends and visit and it was just a budding relationship that I really was curious of where it went. And though I had a job that I really loved at a place called Southern Bell Lash um, in Plano, which is right outside of Dallas, I just had to come back home. And I ended up only lasting about six weeks in Dallas before I moved right back. So essentially, I followed my heart, and that's kind of a pattern within my life that I tend to do is I just go where I feel like my gut is telling me, and so far, it really hasn't steered me wrong. So I moved back, and I live with my mom for a little bit. Um, I had been on my own pretty much since I was 18, but I moved in with my dad in Dallas, and then when I moved back to Austin, my mom let me stay with her for a couple of months, and I was trying to do... (laughs) lashes out of her living room and she wasn't super fond of that. I was only working on like friends and some friends of friends, but nevertheless, she wasn't super thrilled that I did that. So I tried doing mobile lashing, which is really, really tough. So if you are somebody that carries your supplies around, including your bed, uh, props to you because I did not like that and it did not last for very long. Um, So I decided I was going to rent a salon suite. So I signed a lease and my first week I had five clients. Those five clients were my mom, my aunt, my cousin, my best friend, and my best friend's little sister. So not really a clientele, but it was not super discouraging to me at the same time. I was not really afraid because I knew what I was capable of. And I knew that this was the moment that I had been waiting for basically my entire life. So I built my clientele off of those five people. And the reason why I think, because it happened kind of fast for me. And I I truly, I know that that's not usually other people's experiences. But for me, I think that a few things worked in my favor. One of those things was that lashing in Austin wasn't super big at that time. This is in 2014 still. I remember fixing work a lot um, in the beginning. And now lash artists in Austin are great. I feel like there's so many amazing places to go. And yeah, so, but back then it wasn't, it really wasn't like that. And so if you wanted to get your lashes done correctly, I was one of few options to go to at the time. Another reason is because I grew up in Pflugerville, which is where my suite was. So that ended up helping me as well because I knew a lot of people in Pflugerville and it was easy to get my name out there. And then the final reason is because I set out my intentions in the very beginning. I decided what kind of artist that I wanted to be. And that was someone who, one, could design a very artful and shapely frame of the eye for each individual client. And also someone who didn't want to damage the lashes, someone who wanted to preserve the integrity of the natural lash. So I was very careful with my application. And I was, I was honestly 
really attentive to my clients too. I really wanted each client to truly understand the do's and the don'ts of extensions with aftercare and even with applications so that they knew what good application felt like and looked like. And so client loyalty was just a given. So my clientele built pretty quickly and I started looking for spaces. Keep in mind, this was all in my pink sparkly notebook that step-by-step I had everything um, planned out and ready to go. So I was just waiting for the day to start being able to look. And when I started looking, I would get attached to a space and I would get denied over and over and over again. And every time I got denied, it didn't hurt any less. It was actually really tough because I felt very attached to each place because I would walk in and I'd say, okay, well, the front desk can go here and the beds can go here. And I'd be completely smitten and convinced that I was going to get the space. And I would just find out shortly after that, that someone else got the space. Um, Usually it was a nationally recognized company. There was one time that Amazing Lash actually got um, a space that I was trying to get. And um, yeah, I would cry about it for about a day. And then the next day I would get up and I'd keep trying. All of this was on top of the full clientele that I already had. I would do all of this work outside of work. And uh, eventually it all paid off. And I found a space in Westlake, which is still Austin. It's technically Austin zip code. And it is absolutely breathtaking. There's a ton of water. There is a ton of hills and trees. And it's absolutely beautiful. And When I got this space, I was so thankful that I didn't get any of the spaces that I tried to before because this one was so much better. And so I truly believe in perfect timing for every single person in their life in any aspect, like career-wise, kids, marriage, all of that. The only downside was that it was about 30 minutes away from my current salon suite. So I had just built up that, that clientele and I would have to completely rebuild it at this new space. And surprisingly, that didn't really discourage me or worry me at all. I think I was just so pumped and ready to go. I was just like, hey, this is game on. I'm ready. This is what I've been waiting for. And anyone who doubted my success or vision, I just wouldn't even listen to. In hindsight, I don't really regret having that attitude because I do think that it helped propel the salon forward. So... My first staff member, Caitlin, started about four or five months before we opened the Austin location. And then my second staff member was Kathleen. And Kathleen was, she started right when we opened. So she didn't work in the salon suite with Caitlin and I. She just, she came on board after the grand opening. And so when we had our first week at the new location, it was just me Caitlin and Kathleen. And Caitlin stayed around for about a year and then some. And Kathleen is actually still with me today. So it's been about two and a half years since Kathleen started. And she actually manages that location now. And she does an amazing job. And she's a huge part of why that location is so successful. And really, all of the staff that came after that, too, I am super grateful for because we have such an amazing culture and we all get along really well. It's a really fun environment. And so you probably hear me throwing out names like Daniela and Sierra and Isabel and Amanda and all of those girls have been with me for at least a year and some of them for two. And Sierra actually manages 
my Cedar Park location, which opened a year after the Austin one. And it's funny because Sierra, I still technically feel like she was there since day one. She's a day one, definitely, because she was actually a client of mine when I still had that little suite. So she was there through the entire process as well. And um, yeah, so now she manages Cedar Park and I have Kathleen in Westlake. And I just love the fact that every single member of this team believes in my vision and sticks around through thick and thin and is just here for it. And I can't thank them enough. Just thinking back to the vision that I had whenever I used to work just by myself and I used to imagine what the salon would be like and what the team would be like. It is way better than anything I could have ever. Oh my God, I just got emotional. (laughs) What the hell? Um, No, it's like way better than I could have ever imagined it to be. And now um, we are just a complete powerhouse. I feel like we are an unstoppable force and we have one awards together. Last year, we won the Best Lash Salon in Austin, which was huge for us. We didn't even realize we were nominated until we won it. And I feel like even in our personal lives, we've been there for each other through so much. And uh, it's just been really fun. It's been a fun ride. And I really can go on and on about opening these two stores and about the grand openings and all of the details with that. But I am going to save that story for a different episode because there's so many things that I feel like I can offer, but I just don't want this episode to get too long and I want to keep it short and sweet. So I will end this on one thing. So surprisingly enough, when I opened the second location, I was hit with a huge reality check. And that is because I realized almost my entire life, I have just been chasing a carrot. And every time I get to a goal, I move the carrot and it's almost, and that's great. I believe that everyone should do that to an extent, but it is also okay to be proud of where you are in the moment and be happy where you are in the moment. And I will say that through high school, I was just so ready to get to college. And then in college, I was just so ready to get to beauty school. Hence the reason why I had to take two additional years of school because my GPA was so low because I couldn't stop doodling in a notebook. And then when I was in beauty school, I just couldn't wait to get out. And then, you know, I was in Dallas and I could only last six weeks because I just couldn't wait to get back to Austin and so on. And when I opened the suite, it wasn't enough. I, I I was ready to have the salon. I just wanted it right now. And I did it and I was like, okay, well, where, where's my happiness? And and I just had this feeling like, well, I, I should feel something more than this, shouldn't I? Like, this is it. Like, I worked this hard up to this point just for this. I still don't feel like this is enough. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe I should just open another one. And so I did. And when I opened the second one, I was like, okay, I am absolutely incorrect. I I'm thinking of this the complete wrong way. I need to cherish all of this process and enjoy every part of this journey. And so when I'm sharing this story, I always make sure to end it with that because I want everyone to understand that no matter where you are, you define what success is. Whether you work at home or you do mobile lashing or you work for someone else 
or you have a salon suite, or you just have one salon, or you have 10 salons, no matter what, you are defining what success is. Because for me, I have changed what the definition is over the years because I realized after now that I own two salons, this doesn't feel like what I felt it should feel like. And so my goals now are to eventually become an amazing wife and mother and be genuinely happy. It is not how many clients that I have, how much money that I make, how many stores that I have, how many employees that I have. It's none of that. So I will say, please, if you have these ambitions and goals, great, go for them. But don't forsake the entire journey or forget to cherish where you are now because that is also something to be really proud of. And if you define success, you are in control of your own happiness. And I promise you that no accomplishment is ever going to be good enough until you can define what happiness and success means for you. All right, so that was my story in a nutshell. And if you guys would like a continued version or a more detailed version, I'm sure I can dive into that at a later date. But I would love to know what you guys thought of this episode. You can reach me at shelby at lashbossradio.com or of course, lashbossradio on Facebook and Instagram. And then Pink Lady Lash is also on Facebook and Instagram. So you can check our work out there. Thank you all so much for listening and being patient with this episode. And I will see you guys back very soon with a brand new one.